Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for Paul. Uh, thank you, Lord, that this is a man who loves you, first and foremost, Lord. He loves, he loves you, Lord Jesus, uh, and, and, and not only that, but he loves your church. And Father, I pray that as he speaks to us this morning um, about generosity uh, and, and giving financially, Lord, that you would uh, bless him. Lord, speak through him as he does. Lord, I pray that we would have uh, open hearts and open ears to what you're saying to us. Uh, this morning as he speaks to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, thanks, Phil. Um, yeah, normally as a church, we um, you know, go through, through chunks of the Bible um, and uh, see what that has to say, or maybe look at a theme and see what the Bible has to, has to say um, about that. But we also leave opportunities for, for individual, individual talks, and I've uh, jumped at the opportunity to speak today on generosity, giving, faith, finance. And um, I think at the moment, um, looking at... Uh, the economic climate. Um, we're not sure which way decisions will go. Um, we're not sure what way policies will go. Um, prices, cost of living. I think generally cost of living is is going up. Um, it's probably a simple assessment for us that you know for the majority of people the cost of living has gone up, but our income has probably stayed about the same. Maybe up, maybe down. But so overall, we probably class ourselves as as worse off at this current time than we have been before. And I think culturally, because of that, it's not the expected time to talk about giving and generosity. That's like maybe to, to give those who have got quite a bit a nudge so that they can share it with those who don't have, um, who don't have any or for those who, who lack. Um, because around us, the overriding discussion is sort of how will we help you know, vast quantities of the population, how will we help them cope with the, um, with the, with the cost of living and uh, with the various strains that are financially upon them. Um, but the Christian worldview doesn't always look at things the same way as, as, as the rest of the world or general culture does or that you know, financial analysis um, do. And so we're, we're going today to have a look at Jesus' viewpoint on money, um, particularly, and we find in, in Mark 12, um, we find Jesus looking at money in a time of need and uh, he wants to highlight something to us. So um, Mark chapter 12, if you've not bought a Bible, you always feel free to grab one from the, uh, from the table. If you don't have a Bible at home, feel free to take that home as well. That's, uh, that's, our, that's our gift to you. Um, and we find in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44, we find Jesus in the temple um, in Jerusalem, and he's just sat there watching what's happening uh, with money. And so we'll, we'll read it. Um, Mark 12 verse 41 and he thus Jesus sat down opposite the treasury in the temple and watched the people putting money into the offering box many rich people put in large sums and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny and he called his disciples to him and he said to them truly I say to you this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. I think we can sort of fairly easily understand the widow's vulnerable state at this point. Um, I mean, even in the Bible, if we fast forward a few months and we look at the early, ch the early church in Jerusalem, um, recorded in Acts, you know, they, one of their tasks was about the daily distribution of food to the widows. As a widow, um, it's likely she would have relied on food banks, daily trips to the, to the food bank. Um, that was, such was the plight. And yet we see her giving out of that poverty. She's giving two coins, um, all that she has to live on, out of that, out of that poverty. 
And it's interesting that Jesus called his disciples over to him. He didn't just call everyone else over to him. He called his disciples over to him. Um, He'd seen something of importance that he wanted to share and remind them of. And his disciples, let's not forget, they were the people he called a few years ago to leave everything and follow him. And they left everything. They walked away from their livelihoods. They walked away from their family. The family business would not be passed down to generations because you know, they just walked away and followed Jesus. And he had provided for them. They'd seen amazing provision when they went out amongst the cities with nothing. Um, and they came back and they'd been provided for. They'd seen some amazing things um, and amazing provision. And yet Jesus still feels the need to call them over and to show them something about a healthy attitude, a healthy approach um, to money. And so that's what we'll be looking to do this morning for ourselves. Um, And why does does Jesus find satisfaction in what the widow has done? Uh, He didn't criticise the people who put in large sums of money out of their abundance. He doesn't criticise them for that. He just, he notes it, he doesn't criticise. But he's wanting to highlight what the widow has done, to highlight a principle of giving. Um, Sometimes it is said it's, it's not the amount, it's the heart um, and Jesus, I think, himself points towards that. And, you know, her generosity with the two coins because of her heart actually was greater than those who gave out of their abundance. Um, but I think also the amount does matter uh, because the amount is the practical outworking of that generous heart. Um, I've long, for such a long time been struck that she, she put in two coins. You know, she didn't put in one coin, she put in two coins. She put them both in. She could have just put in one coin. She didn't even actually have to be there, but she did. She came along and she put in two coins. She put in both coins. Um, and Jesus watched the people putting the money in. He watched them. He cares about what we do. He cares about the actions that flow out of our, of our heart. And he longs, ultimately, I think he longs for them to be fixed on something that will never run out. He, he longs for our hearts to, to, to be fixed on something that will never let us down or lose value. He longs for them to be fixed on him. And you know, the heart of generosity mirrors God's heart. He's the generous one. He is. He's the generous one. He gave life. He gave us his son, Jesus. Jesus then gave up his own life to win for us the right to be called children of God. But God's a jealous God as well. We're created to love him. That's what we're created to love. We're created to love him to walk in relationship with him. And he calls us to give up everything to follow him. Not to let our eyes or our hearts wander to other things. And I think generosity, as Jesus sort of shows through the widow, is demonstrated in action. Um, And what accompanies that is faith. Uh, The widow clearly somehow had faith in her provision. Um, She wasn't trusting her two coins to sustain her or to provide for her or to make her happy, she was trusting in something else. And faith is grown in action as well. You know, her generosity resulted in her action, and then faith grows out of that action as well. Is anyone nervous of heights here? Wow. They're all, the first meeting, they're all a nervy bunch. Clearly, you're, you've, got it all, you've got it all together. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm slightly nervous of heights. It's not my happy place, but I do, I do love pushing myself. Um, last summer, we went to, a, went to a place in Norfolk, and they had a high ropes course. 
Um, it's like a metal frame. It's about, it goes up to about three stories above the ground. And um, at the bottom, you, get, you clip on with a little safety rope, which goes into, the, goes into the track. And then I went round the course, trying my hardest with my long, gangly limbs to, um, to stay balanced, you know, going over, going over rope bridges, um, sort of wooden, wooden things with bits missing, you know, stepping across, sort of shimmying across. And generally, there's, like, there's always like, something you can sort of hold on to, or you know, with, my, with my balance, I could, I could make it across. And so I kind of got round without, you know, without having to like, rely on the safety rope, which I was, I was quite pleased at. But then you get to the, you get to the end of it, and the, the last bit is a, is a high wire, is a, is a zip line. And uh, the way to get across that zip line is to put all your weight onto your safety rope and just launch yourself off the edge. That's, 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 that, that's what it is. And you, know, you do that and you, you, the, the exhilaration or the blind fit. But I, I, I got the exhilaration. I got the exhilaration and the satisfying feeling from it. Um, but then I thought, if I went around that course again, knowing that that safety rope can just very easily and very pleasurably carry all my weight, Actually, I'd probably enjoy going around that high ropes course again, far more than I did the first time. Um, and it, I think it's sort of, you know, through action, I've been set free of that worry. I think through the action of putting my weight on that safety rope and going down the zip line, being set free of the, of the worry going around um, the high ropes course. And um, I think it's sort of how, how often do we trust ourselves to provide rather than sort of leaning on that safety rope. And in, in a way, we're also sort of denying an aspect of God. We're de denying part of his character in, in doing so. Um, sometimes in the way we approach our, our finances, not, not sort of believing, in, maybe not believing in a, in a part of his, his character pr to provide. Um, but he is, he is above all things. He is the powerful one. He's intimately interested in our well-being, intimately interested in our well-being, far more than anyone else, even far more than ourselves. He's faithful, his plans and his ways are higher than ours. He's the one who ultimately sustains. You know, that's, why, um, he's, that's why he gave his only son um, for us, to bring us into a, a closeness of friendship with God, which is better than anything else in the world. That's, that's what he does. And I think we can be, we've got to be careful that we're not denying some part of God's character by relying on our own skill and our own ability um, when we approach our, our finances and so limiting sort of the closeness and deepness of that friendship um, with God. I think there's a, there is a real beauty and sweetness of God's provision when you are dependent on him. There is, there is, there is something so, so sweet about that. Um, so the, the impact of God's love in, and faithfulness in our hearts when it moves from kind of like theory or knowledge into personal experience. Um, and I think my, our heart, my heart for you guys and for me is that we put ourselves in a state of increased dependence in God for the promise of that sweet friendship and that sweet fellowship with God, with our saviour Jesus and with his father God. I know there's promises in the Bible about God bringing riches and rewards for those who, who give generously or those who put um, trust in him. And I'm not denying those, but... I think my heart would be that we do it, we obey it, and we walk in obedience and we walk in, in growing our hearts in generosity and in faith so that we can have that joy of drawing closer to him, that joy of following our saviour Jesus. And for me personally, there's, there's some sweet times where, where God has provided. Um, 
I, I think when I was work, uh, living in Lincoln and working in Peterborough, um, I had, I'd maxed out my overdraft. Um, my credit cards had been put on hold and I had no money, no fuel in the car and no money to put um, any fuel in the car to get to work the next day. And uh, I was you know, desperately crying out to God. And uh, for some reason, I looked through an old birthday card um, from my nana, bless her, and uh, I found a 20 pound note in that card, which I must have missed like months before. And for me, that is still one of the sort of the sweetest, most intimate moments I've had with God, just knowing his, his provision for me, you know, his timing, that he is so, he's so intimately involved in the details that he wants to bless me by showing his love and his provision for me in that moment. When I, to be honest, I'd stuffed up my finances myself, um, and yet he still reached out and provided for me. And then for us as a family, um, when we got married, myself and, myself and Hannah, um, we, we both had a house. I put my house on the market. Um, and for two years, that lovely house did not sell um, until the day that Chloe was born, um, Chloe, our eldest daughter. And we had a phone call saying, you've got a buyer. Because we'd been paying two mortgages at that point, and Hannah's wages were just about to drop off a, a cliff as she, as she went, on to, um, went on to maternity leave. And so the day that Chloe was born... Um, our house was sold. And work-wise, twice, very clearly twice is provided for us as a family work-wise. Um, and stepped out and uh, felt it was right that I should um, resign from my job a sort of couple of weeks before Martha was born. And um, within two weeks of my paternity leave, I got a new job out of an unexpected, an unexpected source. We kind of put our faith in him that it was the right thing to do and God had, had very generously provided for us. Um, these are sweet times. These are really, really sweet times. They're sort of intimate times with God. To know his general provision is one thing. To know oh, God provides, God provides is one thing. But to know it sort of personally and intimately in the details of your life, um, I think is, a, is another, another level. So I think that's a few instances of God's provision to me. But what about my growth in, uh, in, in, in generosity? I think you know, it's right to acknowledge that as a, as a couple or as a family, you, know, you can come at giving or generosity, finance from, from, from different angles. Um, personally, um, I had very little growing up. Um, I had some, stuffed it up. Uh, God graciously gave me a bit more and, uh, and brought me through it. Um, Han had a, had a modest but a good upbringing, um, hard work, saving, planning ahead, being sensible, providing for the, you know, for the unforeseen circumstances. That, that's what she learned as she grew up amongst her family. And uh, God has been very gracious to be, been doing a work together in us both, sort of drawing us together to the same thing. I kind of had faith in God's provision, um, but not necessarily the sensitivity to the details. Um, Han had um, sort of sensitivity in the details and was sort of looking at who will provide, who will provide. And uh, God's very graciously been, been um, bringing us together as we've been talking about it, um, sort of stretching us in generosity, but also in, in faith, um, looking to rely less on our own provision and, and, and more in him. Um, recently, it's kind of it's reached a peak um, recently for now um, in the last six months we've been asking God for a boldness um, and, and then a boldness to, to ask for an opportunity to give away sort of significantly to, to really grow our, our generosity um, and um, we had that opportunity um, one or two months ago and uh, we gave away 80% of our savings um, last month um, and at the same time we felt led to support someone in the church in need on a monthly basis um, sort of cutting back what we put aside every month to go to, to, go to savings. 
And I don't, I, to quote Hannah, she said, it was so freeing just to say yes and then to, and then to, and then to send that money and to, and to um, send it out to the people. And, um, you know, if we're honest, this month, <laughs> it's like squeaky bum time. Um, you know, it, Really feeling, really feeling the, really feeling the squeeze. Um, we've had a couple of, um, a couple of sort of, you know, yearly things that have come out, which have, you know, knocked our savings pretty much to zero um, at the moment, and um, and you're sort of, you know, really starting to to lean a little bit more into God and and trust in Him. But we both have this sense of peace um, that that He's given us, um, that God will God will provide, and I'm I'm starting to feel expectation grow as well. Um, I'm hearing others around me tell of testimonies of God's provision and uh, his goodness to them. And um, that to me is, is priceless. That's what we want. We want to grow in generosity, a heart of generosity, a heart of being devoted to Jesus our saviour. And to me that's worth some discomfort. And I am genuinely, genuinely, truly grateful to be part of Life Church, to be part of local church. Um, I'm reliant on the fellowship that we have, I'm reliant on the support and the encouragement. Um, although I'm in a, a position of leadership, I need this church. I need this church to help me grow closer to God. I need this church to support me on my walk with Jesus. I've been a Christian, what, 30, 34 years. I need, I need you guys. I need the support of the local church, the support of Life Church to help me to carry on, to grow in my love and, uh, and walk with Jesus. Um, I've been thinking... Over the, over the weeks about, about the question that's probably floating around um, the room as well. So with all this need around, why give to the local church? Why give, why give to Life Church? And I think it's a, it's a really valid question. Um, and I think our series on Ephesians has been helping us understand this. It's been helping me uh, become more convinced of the answer. For me, the local church is just the most glorious thing. The local church is the most glorious thing. We're looking it's like Jesus is given as head of the church. The church is the thing through which God unites all things on earth to him. And, so that, and it's through the church that the wisdom of God is made known. We are being built together into a dwelling place by the Spirit. We're being built together as a dwelling place for him by his Spirit. That's what the church is. The, the widow who gave both her coins in the temple, she was only allowed on the edge. She wasn't allowed in. And neither were the people who gave out of abundance. They weren't allowed in to the bit where God's presence was. But we, we are being built together into a place where he dwells by his spirit. We have, that, we have that free access already. We're invited in fully. It's a place where we're being built up together into the fullness of Christ. And that's what the Bible says. The, the local church is called to be a glorious thing. And we have to be careful that we value it well. We have to be careful that we value it well. We really need a strong local church. I need a strong local church. Guys, you need a strong local church. Peterborough certainly needs a strong local church. And the rest of the world as well needs strong local churches. And it's God's plan to equip us and strengthen us through his church. It's God's plan to demonstrate himself through the local church, through Life Church here in Peterborough. Let us please let us not think that there is a more important way for that to happen or that there's a better way for that to happen, that there's a better way for God to encourage us and strengthen us than in the gathering of the local church or for God to demonstrate his wisdom and his glory than through the local church. And as a, fa- as a church, we're on a financial journey. Um, last few years, we've had a, just years of easy surplus. 
um, to be honest. Um, and uh, we've been putting that away um, into, a, into a pot where hopefully we can then use it to um, go ahead and, and purchase, purchase a new building, which feels something God has put on our heart to, to grow and continue to grow. Um, but this last year, we've invested out of you know, a deficit. Um, so this current year, we'd look to, to spend more than we would expect to, to get in. Um, and we did that for, for a few reasons. We've, we've done it out of necessity. Um, so with Valta, um, who is part of the leadership team going off to Holland to plant the church there and support the other churches in relational mission over there, um, we wanted a good, we needed to strengthen and support the, the team. Um, so we brought Luke in and uh, we wanted to have a good transition period. So we had Valta still on staff and Luke on staff for a period. So we've done it out of need, out of necessity to provide a good transition time for the church and for us as a leadership team. Um, we've done it out of generosity as well. Um, so, you know, the, the, the church plant in Nijmegen, that's, that's something that shares the same heart as us. You know, the strength of the local church to declare the good news of Jesus, to, you know, to, to go and make um, disciples of all nations, that's, that's on our heart. And out of generosity, we've not kept, um, we've given some money to that so that they can do that in their own context. We haven't kept it so that we can you know, just kept it to ourselves so that we can just do it here in our context. In generosity, we've given it to them so that they can do their thing in, in their context. Um, and we've also invested out of faith as well. So summertime, um, having a look, and actually the income for the church is, you know, is, is a lot lower than we thought it would be. And, and coming up to summertime, we had some choices to make and we wanted to invest in faith. Um, sort of Nathaniel and uh, Joe who you saw up there sort of the youth team leader and the, the kids team leader they served as well as volunteers for a couple of years and we wanted to bring them on to staff that costs money to bring them on to, to, bring them on to, to staff so that we can sort of secure their wonderful services you know, for, the, for the church body and also the, the, the move to TDA um, you know, moving back to TDA it costs money it costs money, and when you're already running behind and already not having as much money as you thought you had, um, we, have to, we have to be careful as to how we think about it. I think I, I was caught up in this myself. We sort of heard a delay of two weeks going, going to the TDA, which is 6th of November, by the way, 6th of November. Be there. Um, I heard there was a delay and sort of processed that, and you, know, you do the practical things, and then I was like, ooh, but that would be £1,100 more in our bank account at the end of the year. And I, I, I then caught myself with that, and it's like, no, that's not, that's not the attitude that we want to have. We believe that going, going to TDA into a place which holds us all as, a, as one congregation where we've got more space where we can grow and advance the kingdom, I, I want to be thinking about that, and I want to be disappointed that that's not happening, than sort of like, oh, well, that's okay, because we'll, we'll have some more money here to make me feel a little bit secure, more secure as I look at the, the, the church finances. Um, so I had to, yeah, I had to confess that even in my thinking of that, I'd been limiting what God wanted to, to do amongst us. You know, God really does, I do believe that God wants to do bigger things um, with us. And um, he, wants to, he wants to do something in ter- amongst us in terms of faith. He wants to grow our faith. Um, I think he started to grow the dreams of what he can do amongst us. Um, here in the excitement of you know, going, back to, going back to TDA, a bigger building where we can all meet together. You know, if I mention plot four, flat and keys, you know, the, the building opportunity that we're looking at, start to hear sort of the sounds of, sounds of excitement coming along that God, you know, people are believing that God wants to do big things amongst us. 
But to go along with that, there needs to be a growth in faith. I genuinely believe that God wants to, to grow us in faith as a, as a church um, in, this, in this season. So we can, um, yeah, we can respond to this in, in a few ways. Um, but Jesus saying he's looking for our hearts to grow in generosity um, and, and support of his church. I mean, Jesus, um, you know, Jesus was, was looking at what the widow gave. And he, in a way, he commended he commended her for for, for giving and for giving um, all that she all that she could. Um, but Jesus' heart is that we grow in generosity. Um, we grow in our love for Him. We grow in our relationship with Him. It's all about growing. It's not thinking that we've reached the level. Um, and I know we will all be at various stages. Um, and as we approach a gift day as a church on the 13th of November, there's a couple of reasons, I suppose, and a couple of ways that we can we can respond and allow our hearts to grow in generosity and faith. Um, we can think of it out of, out of necessity and need. Need is a great motivator towards generosity. Um, and at, you know, here at Life Church, we're 55,000 pounds behind where we thought we would be um, this year. And regular giving is a level where next year we won't have a surplus, we'll have another deficit. We'll be down on funds again next year with regular giving as it is. Um, but backing away from investing in the kingdom, backing away from investing in the things of God is not an option for us as Life Church. I don't think he's called us to be something of significance, something of influence in this city. And I think he wants to encourage us um, for the need there. Um, it's not an option for us as a church family. And I think as Jesus showed with the widow, putting in both coins it's not an option for us as individuals to back away from investing in the local church individually. Um, and I get that's a challenge in these times. Um, so maybe taking time to think, what would you love to give? You know, just take time to think, what would you love to give to the church? You know, blue sky thinking, out of the box thinking, what would you love to give um, out of the church? And then seeing how you can make that happen. So starting with, the desire, looking for the desire to give first. And uh, you know, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be good to give more to the need that there is? How can I make that happen? You know, can I give regularly for the first time? And then responding out of, out of generosity, looking to grow in generosity, and you know, particularly sacrificial generosity. The current economic climate is, is a prized time for us to grow in generosity. As things are squeezed, as the money that we have seems to have less value, are we going to keep the money to ourselves to try and protect what we have? Or are we going to look to be kingdom-minded? Are we going to look to put in both coins? I think being intentional helps. Um, if you wait to give out a surplus, that surplus never arrives. I don't know, if you, with time, if you wait till you've got time to do some project, you never really find the time to do the project. It, it never arrives. And that's the same with finances sometimes. If we wait till we have enough, then the enough never really arrives anyway. So putting giving as the first time in your monthly outgoings is a good intentional point. Can we increase our giving even in this time? Can we look to grow in generosity, look to grow in faith and increase our giving even in this time? Can I give to the gift day out of my savings? I believe, as I said, it's now's the time for us to, to grow in faith as well um, and personally for us to grow in a knowledge of who God is. You know, to really put our own weight, our own weight on that safety rope, really lean into who he is. He is the provider. He is the provider. He's the one who sustains. You know, without him, nothing would be sustained. And we have to grab this for ourselves. We have to grab it for ourselves. We can't rely on someone else to do it for us. We have to grab this for ourselves to, to be in, intimately convinced of his 
desire to provide for us as individuals? And do we put, do we put more of our faith in our bank balance for the tough time ahead than we do putting in our faith in Jesus to provide for us in the tough time ahead? I think we've got to be careful not to, not to shrink away and just listen to the, the narrative of the world. As Joe so helpfully shared, Jesus says, do not worry. He says, do not worry. And these aren't flippant words from Jesus. It's not a there, there, don't worry. It'll be all right in the end. Jesus says, do not worry. Do not be anxious about it. You know, he's the provider. There are so many testimonies. I know there are so many testimonies in this room of the way that God has provided in circumstances. And he's encouraged, he's encouraged me recently through that. People stepping out in faith and God providing for those things. So maybe in this time, spend time drawing close to God, asking him just to show in, in our hearts more of who he is. And then ask him for the courage and the boldness to step out in action and to respond to that. Maybe even praying with others whilst you take action. I've genuinely, personally been so encouraged by, by hearing stories and the encouragement of those people around me when stepping out in these, in these things. And yeah, I do, I do enjoy sort of sharing stuff with you, sharing stuff that God has, has put on my heart with you. Sort of looking at, you know, encouraging stories, looking at biblical principles, you know, the truth from the Bible, the heart of God, um, yeah, the vision for the local church. Um, uh, I, I love that, but um, I'm also grateful that God doesn't just rely on my own words. I'm truly grateful for that, that the Holy Spirit gives us understanding and it's his spirit at work in us that changes us. I think we had, a, we, had a, we had a taste of that. We had a taste of that earlier. And I'd, I'd love for us um, just to finish by just inviting his spirit in again. Just inviting his Holy Spirit um, to be with us again. Just to, to help our hearts. To help change our attitudes. To help just reveal more of his goodness, his provision. To help grow our faith, our confidence in him. Would you be happy to do that? Do you want to stand and we'll, uh, we'll, just have a, we'll have a couple of minutes. It's, remember, this is the same Holy Spirit that brought us to salvation, the same Holy Spirit that revealed the beauty of Jesus to our hearts when we were far away. How much more is he going to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It says. If you don't know Jesus, he still wants to meet with you and to reveal more of you. Yeah, so we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to be with us. Welcome you, Holy Spirit. Pray you'd give us greater revelation in our hearts of your local church, the glory, the beauty of your local church. Help us to see how you see and value life, church. Let us not put less value on it than you have, but help us. Help us to see your heart for life, church, Lord. That we may look at the need amongst the church and be stirred by it. Holy Spirit, give us a desire in our hearts to grow in generosity. Not that we would do it out of Compulsion, not that we would do it because we're told to. Give us a desire 
to grow in generosity, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and bring increased faith to us. Help us grow in trust of you. Come and set us free of that worry. I think it's a timely word from Joe on a number of levels. Holy Spirit, come and set us free of worry. It's all around us in the media. Where is the economy going? How much will we have? What can we put our faith and our trust and our hope in? Our Holy Spirit, do something special in us at this time. Increase our faith and our trust in you. Just take away the worry as we step forward and look to follow you. Just take away the worry and the fear. Holy Spirit. Lord God, I trust you. You've got good things for us as a church. I trust you, Lord God, that you've got good things for each one of us here. You've given us the best thing. Your son Jesus and salvation. Hope of eternity with you. Enjoying the closeness of fellowship with you forevermore. Lord God, I thank you that we can enjoy that even more on this earth (laughs) and we can be prepared for the wonder in heaven that awaits us thank you Lord God Amen